the disaffiliation dilemma in one local United Methodist Church. Part 2, Divorce, Custody, Recovery, and Encouragement for a Hopeful Future. Here on episode number 94 of the To Be Encouraged podcast with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. You are welcome to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Bishop Trimble is on a mission to encourage you with the love of Jesus Christ so you can rise to your highest potential. On To Be Encouraged, Bishop Trimble speaks to a discouraged world with a good word on the pandemic, racism, the environment, human sexuality, and the state of the church, with a focus on centering your life on the love of Jesus Christ. Has there ever been a more needed time for an encouraging word to our world? This is your time to rise to your greatest potential and to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. Hello, good people, and welcome to To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tremble. This is the podcast where we look to offer an encouraging word on an often discouraged world. I am your co-host, Reverend Dr. Brad Miller. Here on episode 94 of To Be Encouraged, we continue a conversation that we began on episode number 93. This is part two of a two-part conversation around disaffiliation in the United Methodist Church as particularly exemplified in the case of one local United Methodist Church, the Madison North United Methodist Church in Madison, Indiana. Today, in our last episode, episode 94, we talked about the process of discernment, some of the discouraging aspects of that, the divorce that really takes place when the vote for disaffiliation occurs. And today on episode, or part two of this two-part episode, episode 94, we're talking about the impact of divorce at a local church. We're going to talk about a custody battle, in particular the context of a donut stand that this local church had, the recovery process, and some encouraging words for a hopeful future. The context of our conversation is with two wonderful persons connected to the conversation around disaffiliation at one local United Methodist Church, North UMC in Madison, Indiana. We have with us as our guest today on the podcast, Reverend Tracy Leslie. She's a staff person related to innovation, engagement, and development in the Indiana Conference of United Methodist Church. And among the things in our portfolio is helping churches to navigate these conversations around disaffiliation and to help the recovery process to happen. And we're also privileged and really blessed to have with us Tanya Hess, a devoted lay person from the North Madison United Methodist Church, who really pours her heart out in this episode and the prior episode in terms of what really happened kind of in a really 
really detailed manner in that local church. There's a real value in hearing this conversation in regards to how that relates to United Methodist Churches going through this process, the impact upon those churches, the impact upon our denomination in terms of our effectiveness and our value moving forward, and how it can be very helpful to local church clergy and devoted lay people who care, who care deeply about the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, and who care about their local church and their community. So today we're going to talk about the context of the the disaffiliation dilemma. The conversation took place in this one particular United Methodist Church. And Bishop Trimble then speaks to this in several different questions that we address here today. This interview is done in narrative style, which means I interviewed uh, Tracy and Tanya, and then later on, Bishop uh, Trimble gave his input, and so that's how it is edited together in case you uh, have some questions about how, how we did this. The context here is that a conversation took place in the church regarding disaffiliation, and they went through the entire process went through the vote, and much of our previous episode was about the voting process itself. In the end, the church, by just a few votes, voted to remain a United Methodist Church. However, the implication of that, the impact of that was, is that the church split. And some other folks went with the pastor to create a new congregation. A new pastor was brought in to serve the uh, North United Methodist Church. But the implications do not start with those, uh, imp- the impact, the implications do not stop with those facts. What do you do then with the mission and ministry of the church? And that's the process of our conversation here. Where we left our conversation, we talked about some of the confusion and some of the pain and some of the agony of going through the vote and the decisions about that. In this upcoming uh, conversation we're going to have, we're going to focus more on the particular mission and ministry of the church right now and moving forward. And we use the analogy, I think it's applicable, of a divorce and a custody battle. So we're going to get into this conversation here now as we begin the conversation talking around one of the important ministries of the North Madison United Methodist Church, the donut stand they had at their county fair. Let's join the conversation. Our county fair in July, the this church has a concession stand at the donut fair. It's a very long history. It's been there since 1962, first started as a tent, but now it's, a, it's grown into a large concession stand. And it was a large uh, fundraiser and community outreach for our church. Yeah. We are known so you- for our donuts. Yes. <laughs> And so you have those kinds of situations, right? Because then that was not long after the vote. And so the folks that remained there with the church, you know, it was a difficult emotional decision to determine, did they continue to do the donut stand with the folks who had left, who who then went with the pastor who also left and actually formed their own church? So, you know, did they did they reunite with those folks to do the donut stand? Or did they try to struggle to do it on their own? Did they, there was an offer, actually a very gracious offer from another United Methodist Church not too far away 
That pastor said, you know, our folks will help at the donut stand if you would like us to do that. But those are the kinds of things, right, that are just very emotionally charged that we don't always think about. This doesn't end with the vote. Oh, cool. How how painful and truthful that disaffiliation doesn't end with the vote. And there, I can think of many stories. And uh, when I served in Iowa, we had several churches uh, that also had stands at the state fair major for many, many years. And so to have uh, something that's been a long tradition of the church that involved people working together in the community and, and gave the church a good name at, uh, at county fair or state fair, that, that really, really is painful. How do you, how do you go forward with that? I'm, I'd be interested to know how they decided to go forward with it, but it certainly is a case where, you know, maybe there's a way to still work with people for something like that on the behalf of the community. But these are examples of, of how emotionally charged and how deep some of the some of the wounds can be when there is a split, a formal split of a congregation. It's different when an individual chooses to leave over theology or 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 politics or or personality or doesn't like the pastor. But it's a whole different thing if the pastor leads part of the congregation away, or or if there's a close vote and people have been engaged in an outreach ministry that literally has blessed others and given a good name to the church. Any person who has gone through a marital divorce and a custody battle related to the children of that marriage knows how excruciatingly painful and divisive that experience is. The same emotions are taking place here in this particular local church and played out in many, many, many other churches, indeed in our entire denomination, as we talk about the disaffiliation divorce and the impact of it moving forward. Here now, this story around the donut stand that this particular local church had at their county fair and how that led to some real tension and some real angst that needed to be dealt with and how prayer was a part of the process, interjected into the process to help all parties to deal with the divorce and the custody matter of doing and of how its implications for for during ministry moving forward. A week after the vote, and we're still, you know, stunned and shocked because this is basically a divorce. You know, our church went through a a divorce, and I, I mean... I'm just keeping it real here. That's what it was. Yeah. And so if you can imagine, we were in our church basement and members from, you know, both sides now were sitting around, you know, large grouping of tables and basically were, you know, going through a divorce. And our two attorneys was the shepherding pastor and our conference superintendent. And it got heated three or four times, if you can imagine, pushed through. We did not want to lose this. We did not want to you know, stop this community outreach, you know, we're, we're going to do it. And um, so our conference superintendent, you know, we did three or four times and she broke us up to pray three or four times. That's how, you know, heated it was getting, wow. but we um, made agreement. It's in there. Yeah. The divorce was um, who gets the baby. The baby oh. was the donut stand. The donut and stand we uh, held joint custody last year. We worked, we worked through it. I mean, we worked through it. Um, we, uh, 
And, you know, that's. Wow. It sounds like the wisdom of Solomon, but, but I don't know what to say in a situation like that. You know, what do you do over the course of time? I believe the superintendent's wisdom to break people up in prayer is always in order. And prayer may not result in immediate healing, but it is a directed direction to remind people of whose we are and also remind us of who we are in relation to one another. So my prayer is that even though there may be difficult situations where we have shared an outreach ministry, that we can find ways not only to be civil, but to be compassionate and and really Christian towards one another as we decide how to live in the midst of following a divorce. Mm -hmm. And as it was aptly described, that's exactly what disaffiliation has been for many congregations. In order for a family to rebuild life after a divorce and a custody battle, some new stories have to be told. In this section, Pastor Tracy leads us through the process of the Madison North Congregation telling their story of what works, retelling their story, and envisioning a new future because everything has to evolve in order for ministry to take place and to be effective and impactful moving forward. So in terms of other resources, as I said, I have at Madison North and I go into churches. And as I said, I, I have a lot of background around narrative and story. I'm also a certified spiritual director. And so my work, a lot of the work that I do is unearthing what are the stories of who this congregation is. And really getting to the core, I, I use the story of, of Abram and the beginning of his journey. And when he sets up the stone and worships God, who's encountered him on his journey. And I talk with congregations about where are the places where you have, where God has encountered you on your journey over the years that you have been a church together. And then how do you mark those spaces of encounter and what do they look like? And then from that, envision into the future. Because I do believe that although the way that our identity and our call manifests, um, it has to evolve over time, right? If we're still doing the same thing that we were doing in 1950, you know, we're in trouble. We are in trouble if we think that the church is going to return to some form of greatness prior to disaffiliation, or prior to the pandemic. God is always doing a new thing, as as we know from reading uh, the book of Jeremiah and the book of Isaiah. God is always doing a new thing. Uh, And so we should be asking, how can we live into that new thing? I'm really hopeful that not only Reverend Tracy Leslie, but others will uh, be able to help congregations embrace their new narrative uh, not named, we don't need to abandon our history uh, of the congregations that have been in our communities for over 175 plus years. Uh, but how do we embrace a new narrative of what God is calling us for this present age in our communities? Um, I would recommend people embrace an opportunity to connect with Children Matter Most, embrace an opportunity for uh, working with Reverend Tracy Leslie around 
What is your narrative? How do you embrace and celebrate stories and the stories of your congregation and the individual stories we bring together? So we have a lot of work to do, but there's two ways to look at it. Either we we are just focusing on a problem to be fixed or either a new day that God has new ministry for us to engage in. After the mess of a divorce and the excruciating pain of the custody battle, the question remains, where do we go from here? What holds true in a family going through divorce certainly holds true in a congregation going through the divorce, the custody battle, and now the recovery process. Is there a hope? Is there a future? Is there something to be encouraged about? I really want you to listen carefully to what Tanya has shares about her experience at Madison North United Methodist Church, how the church is pulling together in a tighter, closer-knit, connected way in order to do ministry together. And there's no place else that she'd rather be. Well, we're a much tighter community now. Uh, Tracy did work with us, and we've kind of been burying our souls and getting to know each other much, much better. We're a smaller group. And Tracy worked with us on a class. Her companion, I actually have your book here, Tracy. Got to plug it. Companions on the journey because um, we're all we're all walking, you know, we're all walking each other home. So we've we're we're working. We have a new new pastor. Even though uh, we had lost our previous pastor, we were not without someone in the pulpit and for for many um, for many months. But now we have a new a new pastor. And uh, we're very excited for the future. And um, but uh, going forward, I, we're also going to be more in connection with um, our other local United Methodist churches. Um, was that from the time I arrived there, I could see that although these folks had been wounded by this, that that they did not want to just sit around and lick their wounds. That they were ready to go. They wanted to reach into their community. They wanted to do the work that Christ is calling them to do. And so as, as we talk about the title of this podcast, well, I'm, you know, it's, it's important to know your scripture, to be, you know, with Bible studies, to know your creeds, but how you act your faith and what you do with that knowledge is feels is most important. And at with typical United Methodist fashion, we're rolling up our sleeves, we're getting the job done. And, and I, you know, I've always been impressed about the history and heritage of the United Methodist Church. And I just feel to be encouraged. We are the denomination. We're, we're doing it right. And I'm, I feel it's, it's with open hearts, open minds and open doors. It, it, it's the church for me. Hmm. Awesome. Well, well, I don't apologize for being United Methodist. I see it all the time. I'm Methodist born, United Methodist bred, and then I die. United Methodist did. I think we should be encouraged. And I want to thank Reverend Tracy Leslie. I wish I could, I wish I could uh, clone her and make multiple uh, 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 persons who bring the giftedness and the enthusiasm for connecting disconnected people, not just to the United Methodist Church, but to their faith journey. I also want to take thank Tanya because it it it, it takes courage and commitment to share. Uh, the insight of what it looks like when a church is going through discernment and disaffiliation and to stake your ground on what you believe is 
for you and for me, I would say the best of all Protestant possibilities. I don't disparage other congregations or other denominations. I just believe that the United Methodist Church is a place for people, uh, no matter where they come from, no matter who they are, no matter what station of life they're in. Uh, we are a church that not only believes in Jesus and the triune God, but believes that we ought to be welcoming and engaging in ministry with the people in our communities. So I, I want to give a big shout out. I'm encouraged by Tanya Hess and by the Reverend Tracy Leslie for their witness. I hope others will listen to this uh, podcast and know that you can reach out to the Indiana United Methodist Conference and also find support in the Connectional Church. Uh, there's no excuse for us to walk these difficult journeys by ourselves or in isolation. I have been praying for, the cabinet has been praying for all of the churches in the Indiana Conference, and we pray for all of the churches across the globe uh, who are proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and feeding people who are physically hungry and spiritually hungry as well. So I'm encouraged, and I hope others will be encouraged, even hearing this challenging and difficult story of how churches have experienced disaffiliation. What a powerful witness and words of encouragement we heard here from Bishop Treble, to be sure, and also Tracy Leslie, but particularly from Tanya Hess the layperson from Madison North United Methodist Church. And I hope you heard her words, and I hope you take it to heart. If you are a United Methodist clergy person or a devoted layperson, if your church is going through the conversation around the disaffiliation dilemma, hear what this one church is doing after they've gone through the painful divorce and the custody battle and all the ramifications personally, interpersonally, that it took place. Where are they at now? Are they a body of encouraged? Or are they a defeated group of people? I did not hear a defeated language from Tanya. I heard her say that they are a tighter, more connected congregation, and they're getting after it. The words she uses were rolling up our sleeves and we're getting to work. She talked about the history of that church, the history of United Methodism, of Wesleyan theology, and how important it is, and how they are more focused and more engaged about what they are doing to actually serve their community and to carry out the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ in their world and their community. In the end, what she said I thought was so cool. We're doing it right, and this is the church for me. I know that's the case for myself as well and for Bishop Trimble as well. And we are here to be an encouraging word for you. We hope that you have benefited from this two-part uh, episode, this two-part uh, episode on the dilemma regarding disaffiliation. And we'll go back to episode number 93 to take part of the understanding of the divorce conversation that takes place in a local church, and that this episode 94 was helpful to give you an encouraging word moving forward about how one church is getting to work in order to do the mission of the church. The mission of the To Be Encouraged podcast is indeed 
to offer an encouraging word to an often discouraged world. And we do know that one of the discouraging factors in our United Methodist Church for several years and with General Conference upcoming is certainly is a, f- a front of mind is the disaffiliation conversation. But it does not have to lead to the demise of your mission and your ministry as a local clergy person or as a local church, uh, the impact of your local church or as a local church layperson. We can see it and reframe it and understand that even out of the pain of divorce and the ugliness of, uh, of a custody battle, a new day can be upon us and a new opportunity can exist to do a mission that is leaner and more effective and impactful in our communities. I expect to hear great things out of the Madison North United Methodist Church because of the devotion of people like Tanya Hess, and I'm certainly thankful that we have staff people like Reverend Tracy Leslie, who are devoted to helping churches reframe and tell their stories and to heal spiritually and emotionally and interpersonal dynamics. I'm thankful for the conference superintendent who stepped in to offer prayer in a time of conflict. And I'm thankful for Bishop Julius C. Trimble, who is all about offering an encouraging and helpful word to local congregations and to you, my friend, the local church, United Methodist Church pastor and the local church devoted layperson who needs an encouraging word in an often discouraged world. That is our purpose. That is our focus here, to do and to offer an encouraging word. So until next time, friends, speaking for Bishop Julius C. Trimple, I am Reverend Dr. Brad Miller, encouraging you to always do all the good that you can. Consider yourself encouraged and appreciated for listening to Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. Now, please share the blessing and encourage others in your life to listen to Be Encouraged. You can do just that by pointing your people to the website tobeencouraged.com. That's T-O-B-E-E-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Or connect through Apple Podcast, where you can follow, rate, and review To Be Encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Trimble. When you do that, you're doing your part to bring a good word to a discouraged world. Remember to listen next week to be encouraged with Bishop Julius C. Tribble and never forget, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it.